0: Hello, I'm Wayne Park and welcome to Oikonomics, a podcast about the science of ministry, work, administration, and the summing up of everything. Keep coming back for relevant teachings and talks on these subjects and more. Please enjoy the show. I have been talking us through the Ignatian prayer of examine and we've been using Jim Manny's A Simple Life-Changing Prayer as our text to understand this prayer Uh, Manny offers five steps towards the examine the first is to ask God for light second is give thanks third is review the day fourth face your shortcomings and fifth look toward the day to come and we've covered the first ask god for light as we've talked about examining our desires and the consolations as well as desolations that are revealed therein now i'd like to move us on to the second step which is give thanks now this might sound like a quaint practice uh, to just be thankful i can almost hear uh, a nagging voice in my ear just be thankful and just be grateful but this is really quite vital and important for, Ignat- for uh, Ignatius of Loyola in fact it was so important that Ignatius taught his followers that ingratitude or the the lack of gratitude was actually the deadliest of sins now When we go into his thinking here, we can see how this makes sense. The thing about ingratitude is that it could mean we've lived a life where we have not been aware of God's presence in our lives at all. And you can see why Ignatian spirituality accords well with spiritual direction, which is really the the practice of learning to see how god is at work or even already at work in your life and therefore uh, the necessity to recognize god or maybe i should say the failure to see god uh, and the presence of god in our lives means we not only have not looked hard enough but that we are denying that god has been at work in our lives at all so you can see why ignatius would consider ingratitude the deadliest of sins Uh, It means we simply were not looking for the presence of God. So to discerningly give thanks, what we're doing is we're recognizing God's manifold graces in our lives. And I can tell you this, it doesn't just happen—we don't just turn it on or open it up like a faucet, and then we see gratitude, we see God's grace all over our lives, and we're filled with gratitude— Um, In my experience, it actually takes a great deal of practice. In my younger years, uh, I was uh, complaining about life with a mentor of mine. He is an older man, uh, he's a medical doctor, and he's Catholic, and he is deeply attuned to the spiritual life and these consolations and desolations as well as the Ignatian way. And he instructed me to do something that was rather new for me during this season of complaint. And yes, I was complaining yet again about work. And again, Jonah and the unpredictable plant. Well, Wayne, and, Wayne was under his unpredictable plant and complaining about ministry. And he said, Wayne, I'd like you to write a gratitude list. And I said, dutifully, okay, I'll do that. Um, how, many, how many things on this, 10, 10 things you're grateful for and I'd like for you to do it every day. And I went about doing this at first rather robotically. The things that go on paper are kind of the obvious things. I'm thankful for the roof over my head, thankful for the three square meals I get to eat, thankful for my health. But you begin to run out of things. And as you find that this is an obligation (laughs) you've been told by your spiritual director to write a gratitude list for this many days and you begin to look harder let's put it that way and as i looked harder it wasn't that i was looking harder but i was opening my eyes more to god's manifold graces in my life and it moved beyond the simple kind of things that you can expect such as I'm just grateful for all of the material things the the things that are right in front of me but we begin to thank we begin to thank God for the deeper and deeper things and surprisingly I found myself becoming increasingly grateful I'm grateful not just for my physical health but I'm grateful for uh, the family of origin I'm grateful for Uh, The spouse who cares for me and even puts up with a lot of the shortcomings I'm grateful for the way that my family has caused me to see this about myself I'm grateful for the context that I'm in even though it's difficult even though there's sometimes challenges in with this unpredictable plant that is ministry Um, One thing that you'll learn in the process of gratitude of actively practicing gratitude is that it actually begins to put into context the good as well as the seemingly bad. And I qualify bad with seemingly because as it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't just say give thanks when the times are good or when provision is there or when wonderful or when you're feeling happy but in all things we give thanks. God is indeed present, not just in the good, but also in the seemingly bad. And learning how to actively practice gratitude uh, or what in some circles is called an attitude of gratitude. Practicing an attitude of gratitude uh, truly becomes a recognition of God in all things, not just the good things, but also the seemingly bad. Now, in case you're thinking this sounds like pop psychology and is there more theory beneath this, um, I've already taught a little bit about Ignatius' perspective on this. I think it makes a lot of sense that um, God is present in all of our lives and gratitude helps us to see how God is present and how he has shown us his manifold or manifold graces. And therefore, ingratitude truly is the deadliest of sins because it means we've ceased looking at God. Uh, but in addition to a theological foundation, I think there's also an increasing body of psychological research that is showing that gratitude has tremendous benefits. Our very own School of Psychology at Fuller has had some symposium lectures. Uh, you can do a quick search for pam king uh, who is the executive director of the of our thrive center and um, some discussions that she's had uh, with robert emmons's talk at the uh, 2022 integration symposium basically it's the it's this um, integration of gratitude from a theological as well as a psychological perspective and i think That's one of the unique things that we're able to offer at Fuller is an integrated perspective on things both psychological as well as theological. And gratitude is one of those subjects that just kind of really fits well in both of those spheres. So there is a growing body of gratitude research, and uh, I'm not prescribing it once again just on the basis of of it'll make you feel better. Hopefully you hear that. I'm prescribing it more on this theological foundation, which I'm I'm being repetitive here, but uh, sometimes repetition is for effect, and it's useful. On the foundation of gratitude being requisite to seeing God, spiritual direction has as one has as one of its foundations gratitude. If we are ungrateful, we are simply not looking hard enough. So that is the second of the five steps that Jim Manny uh, presents to us for praying the examine. The third step is review the day. And reviewing the day, uh, or whether it's the day or the week, for me, uh, the practice of the examine is something that often happens at week's end. And that corresponds nicely so that I'm looking back not just on 24 hours but on the last six or seven days. In fact, there's a very helpful resource that I use which I'll share with you here. It is called Pray As You Go. It is a podcast that you can find on Apple Podcasts or wherever you um, you find your podcast provider. Pray As You Go is something that was designed to uh, be a, a, a resource for workers traveling on London's underground tube, um, which is, I guess it's their metro. And it's just enough. It's just long enough. I think it's like 20 minutes or so. And it will have different prayers for each day. And every Saturday morning, they have an examine. And it's slightly different from what Manny teaches, but the same The same ethos is there. The same ethos is there. And oftentimes I will use their examine to assist me and to help me refocus my thoughts. Uh, Mind you, you don't need to use a prompt. You don't need to use a tool. You can basically do this on your own. This third piece of reviewing your week or your day is important because oftentimes in life, we We'll run through it. We will, it's, it's like you're in your car and you're driving by through a forest or something and we just, everything is a blur and we didn't see anything. I've heard that slowing down to examine our lives and to examine our week or our day is kind of like being able to see and recognize not just the tree that you pass in the forest, but the leaf as well and unfortunately much of life just we tend to see large picture we just tend to kind of see a blur but it's very necessary for us to see the leaf at times i don't just practice the examine at the end of my week informally i find myself i've kind of built it into my muscles so to speak into my spiritual muscle that i've learned to practice it Relatively frequently at different times, even though I'm not formally sitting down and saying, I'm going to start an exam right now, I've learned how to kind of incorporate it into my own meditation and reflection. One of the times that I found where it kind of naturally fits in is during an evening run, during my evening runs, Um, running that is. And when I'm running in the evening, usually as the sun is setting in a very hot Houston. Uh, I'll put in a couple of miles and I'll get out there and I clear my head. Uh, It's still quite humid, uh, even in the winter months and still hot. And so you get out there, you sweat, and it's very cathartic. Um, It's not as hot in the evenings, the sun is down. And then as my body begins to clear out all of the toxins and all the sweat from the day, I begin just, my, my, my head starts to clear and as my head clears i begin to intentionally and in a posture and attitude of prayer recall the things that i did not notice yes i said recall the things that i did not notice and perhaps there was something insignificant or maybe someone that was asking for something or some person or some some task or something it's almost always people that come to mind, that in our lives we're more inclined to give greater attention and maybe be a little bit more attentive to those who are in positions of influence or authority or power, and then those who are less so, they fall in the wayside. And during these times, I, I don't like how that makes me feel. I don't want that to happen. I want to recall. And so... During those times when my head is clear, I will allow God to recall some of these faces to my mind, and prayerfully I will lift them up before the Lord. In a way, this is like an examine, but it's also prayers of supplication lifted up for people. Whatever the case may be, reviewing the day or the week is uh, an important spiritual discipline in fact in the more rigid and structured uh, jesuit life community life this is something that they were prescribed to do i believe twice a day every noon time as well as every every night before bed so every jesuit in the ignatian order uh, they were instructed to practice the examine twice a day And of course, it also is a a means of examining sin to see if there was any any areas of shortcoming. And that leads to the fourth piece there. The the fourth step is face your shortcomings. But let me just wrap up this third heading and just say that uh, reviewing the day is something that you might find quite helpful. And perhaps you might even work it into your own rule of life. Um, if you find that to be useful and beneficial. So fourth, face your shortcomings. Face your shortcomings. So in fact, from reviewing our day, we might have to come face to face with some of the things that we've done wrong, harms that we might have uh, perpetrated on other people or maybe even ourselves. And these shortcomings must be faced. Now there's a distinction between um, the Ignatian examine and an e- examine of conscience, um, as far as I'm concerned, we can incorporate them both into the same practice. An examine is an examine. It's it's an examination of God, but it's also an examination of, of conscience. That distinction is made by some people because they don't like the rigorous and morbid self-introspection that is imposed on them by their tradition. And therefore, they, they kind of... Shy away from an examination of conscience, and prefer more of this Ignatian examination of God's graces and examination of desires. But as far as I'm concerned, um, I need to also be aware of my sins, of my sinfulness. I need to particularly be aware of whether an apology is owed, and I'm. That's not. That is not beneath me. I am not above that. There are times where. I have to quickly issue an apology, uh, oftentimes to those closest to me, because still being human, um, I'll make mistakes. If I think I'll never make mistakes, then right there I'll have to uh, make amends to myself, because I have an expectation that is too heavy, a burden that is placed on myself. So therefore, it's necessary for us to, in addition to reviewing our day, to face our shortcomings and to, if necessary, make amends for any harms or wrongs or maybe even mild hurts that we might have issued outwardly. On this front, there are a couple of things that I can say. Um, Our shortcomings perpetrated towards ourselves sometimes, but many times towards others. There are ways to make amends for harms that we've done. Uh, we can use the words, I'm sorry. Uh, I I know people who are constantly saying they're sorry. So depending on how you use that word, that phrase, it can, it can be effective or it can be ineffective. I have found much more potent and much more useful are the words, I was wrong. I was wrong. Which, goodness, if you're able to say that, that can actually it can you can hear a pin drop that that has a way of connecting it has a way of that's that's you've dropped the gauntlet right there that's the bottom line I was wrong for what I was wrong for the sense of entitlement that I had when I spoke to you that way I was wrong for the quick response that came out of a place of frustration I was wrong for uh, there's a myriad and a multitude of things that we can list here. I'll tell you what will not work. Um, I'm sorry for how you feel. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, I had an unfortunate fallout with with uh, someone that I had known for a number of years, and I will never forget his response. I'm, I'm sorry. And I said, well, I'm glad that you're sorry, but what are you sorry for? And then he proceeded to say, I'm sorry that you feel that way, or I'm sorry that that, that's what you think, which was a way of saying that it all lived inside of my crazy head. And it only served to make me a little bit more crazy. There's ways to make non-apologies, in case you didn't know. And in our spiritual formation, yes, confession and repentance is very much a part of it. So... In facing your shortcomings, it might involve amends making. It might involve the words "I was wrong." It might amend. It might involve amends and ways to make right things that we've done wrong. And uh, I think uh, there are again uh, the recovery community really addresses this quite well. Uh, the twelve-step recovery community, and there's lots that can be learned from them. Last is the fifth step, look toward the day to come. This is where we look forward with hopeful anticipation. Indeed, hope itself is a consolation and we can also during this time insert our prayers of supplication. These are prayers for things that I need or even the true desires that have come up. True desires have been discerned. Uh, I discerned that I would really like to go in this new direction, and so perhaps there's prayers for uh, guidance and assistance there. There's prayers for action. I'll just say as you look toward the day to come, you are uh, preparing yourself in prayer in an outward posture. Mind you, this is interesting because an examine. Not for everybody, but for many people, it's done at the conclusion of a day. So it's like you're you're like get ready, get set, go, and pray for the day, and then go. Then you go to sleep, which is kind of funny. But um, it's it's not unheard of to do an examine in the morning. It's not unheard of. There are people that will do that, for whom it actually is quite effective, and for whom this last and fifth step is quite helpful, where they look forward to the day to come. And are prepared for it and in a sense have started their day with a clean slate. It's, it's almost like those who will shower in the morning or shower at night or both. Um, either way, are you approaching the day with a clean slate or 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 um, heading to bed with a clean slate? So this fifth step is a good way to prepare for the day to come. So in closing, we've talked about these five steps towards a prayer of examine i want to reiterate that this is a skeleton this is a structure it's meant to be adapted and adopted and used you should take it for yourself and you can you can shift it up um, change things and, and, and use it for however it works for you you can Pray extemporaneously. You can just improvise your prayers, find your own words through it, or you can use set or form prayers. Personally, I do both. So as I make my way through these five steps, I will use I will use uh, set and form prayers, and then sometimes I'll just improvise. I'll just. Uh, but as long as I'm kind of sticking to the structure, the skeleton, I find that it's very helpful. Um, there are different times of the day to do it I've shared with you that this is something that I'll often practice on the weekends but I'll actually also find that I'm naturally as as natural as breathing I'm naturally doing an examine several evenings of the week when I'm out on my run and again I'm not setting about to do to start a prayer of examine it just is something that de facto, I kind of default into that mode where I'm clearing my head, where I'm giving thanks, where I'm reviewing the day, where I'm um, asking God for light to see. So as I clear my head and as I run, oftentimes uh, I find that I'm gifted with, with the light to be able to see. God gifts me uh, with the capacity to see things in the day that I did not notice. I I truly, truly hope for you that the examine will somehow become a part of your own increasing self-awareness. I cannot stress enough, as much as this has sounded like a simple five-step kind of practice, I cannot stress enough how vital self-awareness is. As a person in ministry for the last over two decades, all of the times that I was not self-aware, I have either gotten myself into trouble, I have put my foot in my mouth, or I have caused something that was potentially of great harm. Even ministers make mistakes like that. And all of us will at times have to make amends for our shortcomings. But woe to the person who is unaware, completely unaware of what they are doing to themselves and to other people. Such persons are a train wreck waiting to happen. And I hope for all of you that the prayer of examine will be the beginning into an intentional journey of self-awareness. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to learn more, visit us online at www.oeconomics.com. That's O-I-K-O-N-O-M-I-K-S dot com.